Welcome to Suspending the Rules, Bloomberg Government's weekly look at what's happening in Congress. Even as impeachment hearings dominate the headlines, Congress will have to act to avoid a government shutdown this week. Luckily, they're on track to do that with a continuing resolution that will keep the government open until just before Christmas. This is Suspending the Rules from Bloomberg Government. I'm Adam Taylor. And I'm Sarah Babbage. Later in the show, we'll look at some of the other bills the House has teed up for consideration this week. First, though, Beak of Budget and Appropriations reporter and frequent Suspending the Rules guest Jack Fitzpatrick talks to us about the ongoing spending fight. Welcome back, Jack. Thanks for having me back just in time for appropriations season. Yeah. that That's your wheelhouse, right? Yeah. So tell us about the CR. Uh, what we know now is that it's going to go to the end of December 20th. We haven't gotten text as of the recording of this podcast, but it should be coming out relatively soon. Uh, Generally, what we've heard is people want to keep it clean. I think the important thing there is, if you remember uh, the request from the White House leading up to the first CR, they asked for a measure that would essentially allow them to use the border wall money that is in there but is unusable because of a, a legislative quirk that says where you can use it uh, in addition Which was to intentional. Money. Yes, that was intentional because they don't want to indefinitely give more border wall money uh, through CRs. So basically, a CR without this anomaly it doesn't really allow them to use border wall money. CR number one did not include that anomaly. I've been asking and asking and asking if we're going to see any change in that and haven't even heard any real pushback from the White House uh, on the first CR. So it, it, it sounds like this is going to be a relatively clean CR with very few anomalies, uh, probably going to be similar to the first CR that we saw this year. So just a few anomalies for programs that are expiring that everyone basically wants to keep going. Programs that are expiring, so there's a little of this and that in that first CR, but there was nothing controversial in the first one, uh, and everybody in in both parties has said, let's keep it non-controversial and just make it to December 20th. And this one is, you know, it's just going to be a month. So do, do you think we'll see more of the big fights uh, coming up in December right before we all want to go on holidays? Yes. Uh, December 20th is going to be an interesting deadline. It's not totally clear when the House would be voting on impeachment and what the president's mindset would be like. Uh, obviously, you know, we've dealt with pre-Christmas deadlines before. It's not unusual for them to just go to the end of the week before Christmas and make that their deadline because nobody wants to stay after that. Um, But if if we get this CR, the goal is for appropriators to agree to top-line allocations uh, by November 20th. Uh, That's according to Nita Lowy, so in the next few days. And that would give them a month to then try to get some of these bills uh, passed through both chambers and signed into law before another CR would be necessary. So it's Monday morning, the 18th, as we are recording this. So that gives us two days, three days, essentially, for for them to come to agreement on those top line allocations. Democrats made an offer to the GOP on Thursday on that front, other than Nita Lowy saying we want to get this done by Wednesday. 
how do we how are they going? Uh, generally positive. Uh, Secretary Steven Mnuchin was in a meeting late last week with Lowy, Richard Shelby, the Senate Appropriations Chairman, and uh, Nancy Pelosi. So it's gotten to a high enough level, uh, and everybody generally just came out saying it was a positive discussion. Uh, there are offers that continue to go back and forth on these 302B allocations, but they've been doing that really for uh, maybe a month. Um, it, it does seem that they've taken it a little more seriously and the, they've kind of really hit the gas pedal on trying to get that deal in the next few days because if they're passing this CR, they don't want to just kick the can for a month with no sign of progress and, and nothing promising for actually getting bills done. Are they going to be able to uh, agree on the allocations for the appropriations bills without going back into the budget caps deal? Or is that something they're talking about reopening? That is an issue that has been reopened in these uh, these offers that are going back and forth between House Democrats and Senate Republicans. We don't have a final answer as to whether there's going to be a change to the budget caps deal that was struck in July. But one of the proposals would make some sort of change. They haven't come out with the details of what their proposal is, but it would make some sort of change that would increase the overall amount of spending, uh, not increasing the numbers in the caps themselves, but creating some sort of exemption or emergency spending issue. There were a lot of offers that went back and forth that, that failed before the budget cap still went into place. Uh, the most high-profile, biggest one was an exemption for the funds used to implement the VA Mission Act. Uh, the, there's any number of things that Democrats could want to carve out and say shouldn't be exempt, uh, should be exempt from those caps. So that's part of the discussion now, at least, uh, is, is they're, they're still talking about the budget caps. So fast forward to December 20th. Uh, What's the prognosis for getting some of the bills done or all the all 12 done by then? All 12 would be kind of a miracle. Uh, actually, miracle well, is the season, right? Yes, true. <laughs> but miracle is actually the word that Lucille Roybal Allard used when we asked her about that. She's the chairwoman of the House Appropriations Homeland Security Subcommittee. And we asked, you know, what's the chance of getting that bill, the toughest bill, really done by December 20th? And she said, I'm, I hope I'm wrong, but it would probably take a miracle. Um, so that's a very tough one. Because border wall factors into the military construction VA bill, that is also a very difficult one, even though every other thing in that bill is pretty bipartisan and non-controversial. Uh, the, the dynamic here, though, is Republicans don't really want a deal uh, to move forward with Democrats' favorites, like the labor HHS education bill, unless there's some understanding or indication that they're going to be able to move forward with border wall stuff, with homeland security and the things that Democrats don't necessarily want to address. So there's still this longstanding question of what is the cart and what is the horse? Do you need a budget caps agreement to get an allocations agreement and move forward? Can you get an allocations agreement and then continue working on a border wall number? Uh, it's, it's not really clear which one is the prerequisite for the other, and the two sides don't entirely agree on that. But if they hope to get a, a deal on 302Bs in the next couple days, then we'll probably have an answer soon. It's almost like the classic 
negotiation situation where nothing is agreed until everything's agreed. Yes, at least that's uh, that's kind of the stance of Republicans, Richard Shelby especially. Uh, he does not want necessarily to move forward with some bills and fund some of the government if the Democrats are going to insist on kicking the can on Homeland Security for the whole year and just never give up border wall money. So are we looking at a shutdown for Christmas? Uh, we're probably not looking at a shutdown right now, and uh, that may be all anyone can tell you. Uh, the, when I ask around about the likelihood of a shutdown, everybody says, well, we had the longest shutdown ever uh, less than a year ago. Hopefully everybody learned their lesson. And that may be the case, but if that is the, the, the best news you can give people, that's not uh, that promising. Uh, so it, it's going to be as unpredictable as ever, but everyone right now is saying, no, we're not going to have a shutdown. Uh, nobody wants a shutdown. The question is, can they actually strike a deal that would avoid a shutdown or just a series of CRs that take us through the whole year? Thanks, Jack. Obviously, we're going to keep monitoring the spending fight as it continues, but more immediately, the House has a slate of bills scheduled for consideration this week, and our fellow legislative analyst, Michael Smallberg, is going to join us now to talk through some of them. Hello. Hello. One bill that caught our eye when we were planning the show, because it seems like something not a lot of people know about, is a reauthorization for something called the Terrorism Risk Insurance Program. Yeah, this is a program that hasn't been on people's radars the last few years, but it was established after the 9-11 attacks when a lot of insurance companies stopped providing coverage for property damages caused by terrorist acts. Um, the damages were just too catastrophic and the risk was hard to, to price or model. So uh, the con Congress passed a law that required companies to at least offer terrorism uh, insurance as an option for commercial property holders. Uh, and created a federal backstop. So if there are significant losses above certain thresholds, the federal government comes in and, and shares in some of those losses and then has to recover its assistance over time. Um, so this bill that the, that the House is taking up uh, would extend that program for seven years. Um, it's a, a bipartisan bill. There's a lot of support here. This is a big deal, actually, for building lending, as a lot of lenders require uh, uh, borrowers to have terrorism insurance to take out a loan. So this is a big deal for the real estate company. This covers everything from skyscrapers to, to football stadiums. Um, so the, the House is uh, obviously going to pass the bill this week, and it looks like there's now a Senate uh, companion me measure. So we may see action on a reauthorization in the weeks ahead. And is there any kind of deadline with this? Is it going to expire, or are they just re-upping it? The program actually doesn't expire until um, the end of 2020, but a lot of businesses want um, some certainty ahead of time as they're thinking about their long-term plans uh, and renewals for insurance. Uh, this program was originally actually intended as a temporary fix uh, to, to encourage companies uh, insurance companies to offer terrorism insurance, but it's now seen as, as the key factor that has made terrorism insurance widely available. Um, so it looks like Congress is going to keep um, this program continued in, in the years ahead. What's caught your eye on this week's agenda, Michael? Yeah, a, a few other bills to watch. Um, one would overturn a, a unanimous 2017 Supreme Court decision um, by giving the Securities and Exchange Commission more time, um, 14 years instead of five years, uh, to bring certain types of enforcement actions where they ask a court um, to force a company or individual to give up the, the profits that they made illegally by defrauding investors. Um, and another bill 
would require publicly traded companies um, to disclose how their current and nominated board directors uh, and corporate officers um, identify themselves in terms of race, gender, ethnicity, and their status as veterans. Um, so this is a bill, interestingly, that is supported by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, which said this isn't too onerous of a requirement and actually would be sort of a way to encourage companies organically to increase the diversity on their boards. So that information would be made publicly available? Yeah, it would be made publicly available. Specifically, it would be provided to shareholders when they're being asked to vote uh, on new uh, directors to serve on corporate boards. But no kind of quotas or requirements for diversity. Exactly. There are no fixed quotas or, or requirements. Uh, and that's why this this bill does have support from groups that have opposed other proposals that dip, um, impose more owner requirements on publicly traded companies. Something else to look out for, if last week was any indication, is more progress toward congressional approval of the USMCA, the trade deal that would replace NAFTA. Sarah, you've been following that one. Yes, it does sound like we may finally be seeing some movement on a deal between House Democrats and the administration to make some changes, which could be to the deal itself or um, to implementing legislation that Congress will have to pass for the deal. It sounds like what they're really waiting for is unions to sign off on whatever deal they have agreed to to beef up labor enforcement, particularly some of the provisions in, in this new deal trying to um, improve labor standards in Mexico. Uh, there's been a lot of push to try to make sure that those are enforceable. And it, it sounds like they are close or have reached a deal, but would really like to get the endorsement of unions before they move forward. Nancy Pelosi said the deal, it, um, the deal's announcement is imminent, and then she'd like to get the actual approval of the agreement done before Christmas. Um, that'll be done under an expedited procedure that gives Congress, I think it's 90 days to consider it and vote on it in both chambers. And that will kick off when the administration sends implementing legislation to Congress, and they haven't done that yet. So we're still uh, waiting to see, but it sounds like we're close. And I think there's really a motivation with the impeachment investigation moving forward. And it sounds like, you know, that's going to heat up right before Christmas. And while the administration is going to inevitably criticize Democrats for not working on kind of more substantive issues, if they advance the USMCA, that's something that they'll be able to say, you know, we are working to advance policy at the same time as conducting our oversight role. And one of the Trump administration's biggest priorities, in, in fact. Which is an interesting consideration going into 2020. We're less than a year away, and that is something they would be helping Donald Trump fulfill one of his 2016 campaign promises. But at the same time, I think a lot of Democrats um, support the USMCA overall uh, and some of the policies that they've been able to uh, get the Trump administration to agree on. Thank you, Sarah. Michael Smallberg is a legislative analyst with Bloomberg Government, where Jack Fitzpatrick is a reporter covering budget and appropriations. That's it for us this week. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to Suspending the Rules. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Find more on the subjects we discussed today and a whole lot more from Bloomberg Government at about.begov.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at BGov. The legislative analyst team is Sarah Babbage, Noreen Chowdhury, Danielle Parnas, Michael Smallberg, and me, Adam Taylor. Our editor is Adam Shank. Theme music is Home Organ by Zach Nasita. More information on that can be found at premiumbeat.com.
Hi there, I'm Amanda Icone, co-host of Talking Tax. Each week, we dig into the biggest tax and financial accounting challenges and opportunities from policy to on-the-ground realities. We bring you corporate leaders, accountants, and industry insiders. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. For more, check us out on news.bloombergtax.com.